Hi, Jerome. What's up, Brian? Oh, none much, man. Why are you uh, peeling potatoes, bro? It's how I relieve stress, Brian. And it looks like I have one more to peel. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan. Brett Allman from 44. Blocked! Allman had it blocked! Taysom Hill creating space. Hill launches for the end zone. Tapped and incomplete. Boise State. Wins the game 28-27. The Broncos do it again as BYU Sports Nation is live. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's Friday, October 21st. Today on the show, we'll talk with Spencer Linton live from Boise. Update our going for two picks and break down every which angle of the wild night in Boise, Idaho. But first, I'm Jerem Jordan alongside a man who would have converted that 4th and 19 out of the end zone, Brian Logan. Darn Skippy, Jaren. I would for sure <laughs> convert that. But you know what, man? If I would have converted that, uh, it would have just messed up the, the plans, right? I mean, because it all kind of worked out eventually. It, so. it did work out that BYU wasn't burned on that. We'll, we'll uh, break that down coming up. You know, uh, Romans 8, uh, 28, all things work for the good uh, of the Lord that, uh, that love him. So, yeah. I wish it would have worked <laughs> good, out good in the end, in the, w, in right? the final score. That's yeah. right. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation. The day after, it was a wild night. Uh, we were both in the building at 1.30 uh, last night with a post-game show. And so uh, here we are at, uh, you know, then a few hours later, our crew, who's been working hard too as well, they, everyone's here. So excited to go. You know who else is here? It's Buddy Buddy. And uh, as I mentioned, I have one more to peel. But you know what? Before we do anything crazy, let's just... Let's just have Spuddy Buddy hang out with Buddy. us here. Yep. Buddy. I, will, uh, I will knock him off the perch for the last time mm. Uh, mm. I can't wait coming for up moment. at the end. Yeah. Mm. Crazy night. Let's get to the BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU loses to 14th-ranked Boise State last night at Albertson Stadium, 28-27. Red Almond's 44-yard field goal attempt was blocked, and then BYU's subsequent Hail Mary attempt was incomplete. The Cougar defense forced five turnovers and had two Pick sixes, which was crazy. We will break down all of the angles of this coming up and use the hashtag BYUSN to weigh in throughout the show. CBS Sports lists BYU as the second most exciting team in college football this year. Six of the eight games have been decided by less than three points. Unbelievable. The NCAA record is three, by the way. It's se- sorry, it's seven. It's, oh, seven. Yeah, one seven. more. Yeah, one more. Yeah, four, one three more. games. Yeah, yeah, four, three games. Yeah. Wild, yeah. right? I crazy, man. can't believe... We had another one. Another one. I missed one of my going for two picks because yeah, of that. Yeah. 16th ranked women's volleyball swept Pepperdine in Provo last night. Lindy Haddock had another double-double. 11 digs and 34 assists. BYU continues WCC play versus LMU tomorrow in the Smithfield House at 3 Eastern on BYU TV. Sixth ranked women's soccer plays tonight versus San Diego at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio. Ashley Hatch will not play as she travels with the U.S. national team to take on Switzerland uh, Sunday at 1.45 Eastern. Very cool opportunity. She's uh, getting the go, so no Ashley Hatch. And uh, BYU will take yeah. on San Diego with that. Let's rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Spuddy Buddy strikes again. 
Last night was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, really crazy. There were a lot of wild plays. Another one-point game. A fourth to 19 run out of your own end zone. A loss. The same score as 2004. It stinks. It sucks. BYU lost another close game. Ah. Which brings us to today's Twitter question. What's your biggest takeaway from last night's game? Jeremy, I'll let you go ahead and read the first one. At Bowen Pearson. The biggest takeaway is that we can't capitalize on turnovers. Yeah. On takeaways. On takeaways, yeah. And, th- and, that's, and that's frustrating. So in honor of the BYU defensive performance of not one, not two, not three, not four, but five Fifth. takeaways from BYU on defense, Brian Logan will sidestep, bounce off tacklers, and dive into the BYU Sports Nation end zone for a score as we break down our five takeaways <laughs> nice. from the game. Number five, BYU's plus five, Brian, in turnover margin. Five turnovers forced, zero on offense, and they lose. What? Yeah, huh? ba- very, very sad. I mean, that's that's kind of crazy, man. To if you look on paper and to see that you have five turnovers and, or plus five turnovers and you still lose the game, I mean, it's crazy. But when you really break it down, uh, you know, seventeen points off the turnovers, but but fourteen points were pick sixes. So mm-hmm. I mean, you if you look at the offense and the production they had from those points, it's really three. Right, they ended up with right. the, uh, their points? own touchdown that wasn't one touchdown that wasn't so, aided by a uh, defensive turnover or blocked kick. Yeah, that's so. crazy, right? It's, it, it's crazy because turnovers are—it's like a gift. Like here you go, it you prevents know, points, yep. and you hope that it turns into points for you. And then the mom—I mean, the momentum swing, mm-hmm. especially playing in a hostile environment like yes. Boise, and and that was a, a thing that the turnovers really did. It kept the fans out of the game, but didn't matter because BYU didn't score. Fred Warner and Diane Lake, those returns, those were awesome. Fred Warner's was one of the greatest plays in BYU football history. Yep, 100%. Tiptoeing down the sideline, getting blasted by alignment, staying mm-hmm. alive, diving for the end zone, psyched out to with an amazing block down the field the whole time. That was awesome. Number four of our five takeaways, no Jamal Williams. This was by far the biggest factor in the game to me of why BYU lost. Yeah, if Jamal man. Williams plays, BYU wins this Game easily aggravate or injured his right ankle during practice during the week, re-aggravated it in warmups yeah. and did not play. Brian, yeah, man. I, I mean, this was like the biggest curveball. Well, I mean, Kalani and the guys, they the, the coaches, they they've done a great job this whole year of keeping things you know secret and, and yes. in house, right? With you know no media availability. Like when the media has to go in, I wave to you guys. Hi, bye, bye, Jim. I'm sorry, I just had to throw that one out there. But no, I mean they they do a good job of keeping everything in house, and so to us it was like, what the heck is going? Where's what happened to Jamal? And so you know, I I I think they obviously you know prepared in some type of way, but from from talking to uh, just some of the the people really inside uh, the program and on the team. Um, it sounded like he was going to play, that they came into this game knowing he was going to play. So that potentially could have really, you know, taken, um, you know, the offense and the team uh, by surprise. Yes. And, you know, you don't really know how that affects, you know, just with, with some of the last-minute adjustments mm-hmm. going in. But, yeah, man, I mean, Jamal is in this game, and it's a completely different outcome. I, I think the, the offense at least scores three times from those turnovers. Yeah, BYU wins this game if Jamal Williams plays, which you look at – uh, g- great point made last night on the postgame show by you guys. Uh, fourth quarter against Utah, Jamal Williams is injured. UCLA, yeah. he's injured. 14 carries, 28 yards. Uh, this game, he's injured. BYU loses th- three of their four losses because Jamal Williams was hurt. Number three, fourth and 19. BYU calls 
a fake punt run with Johnny Linehan from the back of the end zone on, on 4th and 19. Yeah, bro. I was, I, I was like, what are you? You idiot! What are you doing? Why would you do that? And then they were like, oh, you know, halftime came. And they was like, and, and we understood that it was Kalani. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Well, right. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I'm not, I don't yeah. even think it matters who made the decision <laughs> there. It's obvious that that was not the right decision. Yeah. I, I'm not sure fourth and 19 for a run is ever the right decision, independent of wh- where you're even on the field. Unless he, Jamal is back there uh, Even then, it. he's got to run 29 yards yeah. because he's standing 10 yards back. Yeah. and I mean, More than 10 yards back. He probably runs. He had would, to run 31 yards to get a first down. Would down. you say he, run, he runs a 4.7 or a 4.8, maybe 4.9? Even if you're a 4.4, four, you ain't getting that <laughs> out of that. You're not getting But, yeah. I mean, at, at the, when, it's, when, it, when the dust settled, I mean, nothing bad really came from it. So. And that's what's crazy about that play. Yeah. It didn't cost BYU a single point. There was a missed field goal. The best tweet. By Boise The best tweet that I saw last <laughs> night was. What? The best tweet was, uh, the reason why Kalani called that is because he's a prophet. He has no, no other way. <laughs> yeah. No other yeah. way, bro. So, he's someone's a Someone's like, yeah, hey, let's do the fake punt and then play for the missed field goal. <laughs> Number two, inept offense. Okay, this is a big one. BYU's offense stunk last night. Oh, my goodness. They, they yeah. struggled mightily. Mightily. Two games in a row. Where they've been only been able to produce you know seven or fourteen points of their own volition, and it's listen, this is not just Taysom Hill. The offensive line struggled. Yeah, the wide receivers, my goodness, struggled. Everybody played struggled. This, their role. this is more than just a few errant f- throws from Taysom Hill. And by errant, I mean there were twenty one incompletions. Yeah, this is this is a team deal on the offense right now. There's an issue. Hundred percent, man. You know, it, it almost looks like when the offense can't find the rhythm, and, and David Nixon said it best last night on the on the post game show. If if the offense cannot get in a rhythm, um, you know it affects Ty's play calling, which obviously affects um, you know the production on the field. And no, Jamal Williams and, and is a huge factor in that. J- of Jamal definitely. I mean, because when you have third, but he and was seven, in the game last week, and they still struggled. Yeah, they still. Well, yeah. Well, when you have third and six or third and five, I, I think to an average offense that that produces, um, that's still somewhat difficult, right? But when yeah. you have um, a offense that that struggles um, just in maybe third and thir- third and three or, or whatever the case is when it's third and seven third and six situations it's even more so right so I mean Jamal not not being there to to have short and 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 uh, or third and short down situations pff, man you, as you saw you put a lot of pressure on Taysom a lot well. of pressure on the receivers and they got some they had some drop bosses number one. The final sequence. This was wild. It reminded me of Utah 2012. Taysom Hill takes a sack, and it costs BYU its final timeout. That was rough. Then, okay, take a step back. BYU's on the road at number 14, Boise State. The offense has struggled, okay? BYU has a field goal attempt for the win. They have a shot. It's in Red Almond's range, and it's blocked. But Mitchell Juergens recovers it. Somehow the clock doesn't run out, and Boise State was on the field, did not get a penalty. Somehow that happened. Why did that happen? And then Mitchell, yeah, Mitchell Jurgens stays on the field. He, yeah, we have a fly on here. You got a fly swatter yep. just in case. Oh, I got you it. You can use it on Spuddy Bike, too. I got too. it. I got it. We got a couple before the show. Mitchell Jurgens then spikes the ball. Meanwhile, the Mountain West Conference, uh, or, or the refs, I'm, I'm not exactly sure where they're from. I just assumed Mountain West. Pac-12. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that final sequence, BYU has a Hail Mary, uh, bounces off the Boy State's defender's chest, uh, and goes down, and BYU loses. Twenty-eight, twenty-seven. Yep. That was, that was a crazy game. Like like 
this is shaping up to be a good rivalry because they're having these rivalry moments. Yeah, they're having the close game. I would have yeah. preferred for BYU to be on the one-point winning yep. end of this one, though. Of course, Those are man. our five takeaways. Yeah, yeah. Cra- that, I mean, In honor of the BYU defense. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. I mean, the defense, defense did their job as far as taking it away and putting the offense oh, in positions, right? Yes. But they still Too many gave, yards, they, though. Yeah, they still gave 571. up. 571. Yeah. I mean, Offensively, 322. That yep. number's just too low. Yep. That efficiency is just too low. The only start, uh, the average starting position for BYU, 43-yard line. Mm. You can't, mm. I don't care if Jamal Williams is not in the game. You can't start at your own 43 on average and have five turnovers and not win that game. Yeah. Uh, and BYU now has four losses. They've all been close. Just how close? It's our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. All four of BYU losses, Brian Logan, have come by a combined total of eight points. Sad. That's a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Eight Jared. points? Eight. Eight. That's tough to swallow. BYU's a 500 team, but oh, they're not a 500 team. That's no. what's tough. What's your biggest takeaway? Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in at GolfPro409. I think he's a golf pro. That the offense is seriously lacking. Another game with five-plus turnovers and a loss. Hashtag, are you kidding me? It's frustrating for sure. Coming up, we recap our going for two picks and read your tweets. But first, what did Spencer Linton see on the sideline last night in Boise on the Blue? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tomorrow night on BYU TV, the 16th-ranked women's volleyball team will host Pepperdine at 3 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, so it's an afternoon game. Yeah, yeah. Nice. what is it usually, nights? Yeah, nights generally. This is an afternoon game, so uh, check it out. Spencer Linton will be back in town. We'll talk to Spencer in just a moment. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from last night's game is the hashtag BYUSN. That's today's Twitter question. At Meredith underscore Cody. Offensive regression. No Jay Will. Hill didn't have time. Receivers dropped balls. Couldn't take advantage of turnovers. Mm, yep. That sums up the game. That sums well. up life right there. <laughs> sums yeah. up life. Yeah, life. Mm-hmm. Sums up the uh, season so far. Mm-hmm. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is a man who is a friend of Spuddy Buddies. Uh, may have taken a selfie with the actual Spuddy Buddy last night, Spencer Linton. Spencer, <laughs> uh, did you take a selfie with Spuddy Buddy last night? I was desperately looking for him on the sidelines. He wasn't at the game. What? I was so disappointed. Hey, did yeah, we have an no impact or what? He was scared. I think so. I think he was a little bit weirded out uh, by what happened in the build-up to the BYU Boys State game. So no spotty buddy on the sideline. Yeah, he was what? definitely scared. Yeah, no Jamal Williams, no spotty buddy. Those were, were two impactful uh, absences, <laughs> I think, in last night's game. Uh, it's, it's the morning after uh, this game. What's, uh, what's your initial uh, react and reaction after you woke up, uh, after you soaked it all in? I'm just trying to, to soak in what an unbelievable, entertaining, and up-and-down and emotional season this has been for BYU. I, eight points uh, that have determined four losses, but then you look at the BYU wins and you throw out Michigan State, and it's like, okay, they won a game in overtime, double overtime against Mississippi State, and the other two wins were by a combined four points. You look at one end, and it's like, oh, man, BYU's so close to being 7-1. and one. Well, they're that close to being 1-7 and seven as well. And so, mm-hmm. honestly, the regression to the mean is exactly what they are. They're 4-4. Four and four. And I, I have been entertained. I've been frustrated. I have been thrilled, and I have been puzzled. Um, 
And I, this is what makes college football beautiful. So win or lose, it's a special opportunity uh, to get out and, and play for these guys and, and to be there and to watch them. You know, I, I, just, I wasn't taking it for granted last night. I'm not taking it for granted this morning. This, this has been a very entertaining team. And in reference to the tweet that you read coming into our blog, there's a regression on offense. I don't know how you get better when your best player is not on the field. How are you supposed to progress when you don't have your best player on the field, Jamal Williams? And so those are my initial thoughts this morning. Yeah, Spencer, with that, with that being said, what in the world happened to Jamal Williams? Uh, everything that I heard was um, – that he retweaked uh, an already kind of banged up ankle. And I don't know when it happened in practice this week or later in the week, um, but he re-aggravated that, that ankle that was bothering him in the Utah game and the UCLA game. Uh, he re-aggravated that in warm-ups. And I watched him closely probably for about 45 minutes when at the beginning of the game everybody's asking, well, where is Jamal Williams? What's going on? And, and I was watching him do quick footwork drills and, and run up and down the sideline, and then he'd come over and he'd reassess with the trainer. And I could see the, I mean, obvious frustration and concern on his face because he's a dude that will die on the, on the football field for your team, but he just wasn't right. And I think the trainers and Jamal together decided, like, if I can't, if I'm not going to make my team better and I'm going to risk, like, messing up my ankle even worse for the rest of the season, then this is not the right decision because there are more football games to be played and he wants to play in the NFL. And so as much as it hurt for him not to play in the Boise State game last night, this became about we need Jamal Williams moving forward and BYU has 16 days now or 15 days, whatever it is, between now in their next game, he's got to get healthy. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was frustrating to watch, and I, I felt uh, sorry for him because I know how much he wanted to be on the field. Spencer Linton is live uh, from the land of Spuddy Buddy on BYU Sports Nation. Um, the offense, yeah, the, the, it shouldn't get better without Jamal. I, I just think uh, the regression from the Michigan State game in terms of just simple blocking, catching penalties, some of the right, penalty. Yeah. yeah, that was frustrating, right? Play. What did you see on the field? Because a lot of people are saying, hey, let's, let's consider a switch at quarterback. But for me, it's more than just Taysom Hill occasionally with some air throws. He made some good throws last night. Jurgens, I thought the one to Kurtz was a good throw. There were some good throws. There were some bad throws too. But the line struggled. The receivers dropped a lot of passes. What did you see on offense? Yeah, certainly the dropped passes are frustrating. And the receivers, uh, to their credit, they're the ones that stepped up and, and said, look, we, we didn't play well. And what I, you should have seen the looks on the faces of guys like Nick Kurtz and uh, the offensive line when they were coming out. They just they were, they understand what they had in their grasp, and you know, no pun intended there. And they, they let it slip away with the plus five internal margin. And so they, I mean, they worked so hard and – to, to watch passes slip through their hands like that, that's just frustrating. I mean, after one pass, I watched Nick Kurtz just hang his head and, and just kind of smack his helmet and clap his hands together a few times as he ran out the field. I mean, they know. They know. It's not that they don't want to execute that play. It's just it's unfortunate. And so I think you're right, Jerem. It's not completely untasting. It's not on one position group. Uh, this was, a, in every sense of the word, a team loss between penalties and those drop passes and missed blocking assignments. 
The thing is, when you have Jamal Williams, a team like Boise State has to respect so many other things. Jamal relaxes everybody else because he garners so much attention from the opposing defense. And so the offensive line, they blocked hard last night, but he makes small holes seem really big. And then when he is being respected, the wide receivers are that much more open because defensive backs and safeties aren't really sure what's gonna, what they're going to do. And so even he impacts the game in a major way and makes it easier and calms his team down on the field. And so I thought it was just so huge not to have him on the field because of all the psychological advantages he gets to BYU, not to mention his ability to run the ball. So, Spencer, Jeremy and I had an interesting um, discussion about – how BYU let this game, you know, pretty much slip away from them. With five turnovers, you should obviously win the game. But to defend Boise State, they actually overcame those five turnovers and still won the game. So with that being said, who do you think deserved to win the game more? Well, it's hard to argue against Boise State's 571 total yards. Jeez. <laughs> so true. I mean, that was what was so bizarre about the game last night. Is They had 571 total yards and turned the ball over five times, and it was a one-point game. So, like, that's one of the more – that game in a lot of ways was more crazy than the Utah game was to me this year oh, yeah. for BYU. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, you know, I, I mean, I know that we joke about certain things that happen on the film. We're like, whoa, that was weird. There were, like, 20 of those things last night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean – I had a hard time, like, even wrapping my mind around the game at halftime. I just thought, what in the world is happening on the field between the fake punt and missed field goals and penalties and pick sixes? And so, yeah, it was, it was a super weird game, but Boise State won. And so right there, you, I, I'm not going to say, well, BYU should have won the game. Boise State won the game. They made the drive late to go up 28-27. And they did enough to hold BYU and block the field goal and make a play at the end of the game. So, yeah, they won. They deserved to win. And it was a one-point win for the Broncos. This felt like the Utah game in a lot of ways, which was a terrible feeling. Um, To be plus three in the Utah game, plus five here, there's a late touchdown. Uh, uh, BYU has a drive to win the game. They're in position to do something, and it doesn't actually work. that was frustrating, man. And, and you look at, you talked about the impact of Jamal Williams. He's hurt in the fourth quarter against Utah. He's hurt against UCLA. He's hurt uh, in, in this one against Boise State. And now BYU sits at 4-4 uh, four and four, uh, on the season. Before the season, I think we all would have said, hey, this is nice. But now that the means have played out, I'm, I guess I was hoping for 5-3 and three or better. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Last week when they beat when BYU beat Mississippi State and got to four and three, you just kinda had this feeling like, wow, they they can go to Boise and uh because of the way that this team is structured and what they do, they can find a way to win up there and get to five and three and maybe go on the road in a couple of weeks against Cincinnati and start to receive some votes and sneak into the top twenty five at six and three or seven and three. And so I think that the opportunity there was so exciting, and BYU hadn't beaten the top 15 team on the road since Arizona State in 1997, and they were going to put that to an end, and they were finally going to win on the Boise Blue, and 
now they've lost three games by one point against Boise State uh, on. on their field. That's unbelievable, right? One, three one-point losses on the blue. Boise State's 106 uh, now in, since 2000. Like BYU could easily make that 97-9 and nine and have three wins over Boise State. That, that's bizarre. Um, but it's, yeah, it is frustrating. And, and I, there's nothing you can do about it, though. Well, I mean, this, for what it's worth, right now, pushing this thing forward, BYU has an opportunity to get healthy to a degree. Get Jamal Williams back. Get Uluwi Lapuaho uh, back. Get Tomasi Lalile back. Get Butch Pau healthy. Get Troy Warner fully healthy. <laughs> Travis Tuilama's so right knee injury we still have to learn about. Yes, there are so many nicks and bruises and injuries. BYU needs this time to make that push during November. Get an important win against Cincinnati. Take care of business against UMass and Southern Utah, and then handle a rivalry game to close out the regular season. I said we're going to fast, tell, bro. So I'm we telling you, fast. We're going on a football <laughs> fast next week. There's no game. Let's go on. A, let's go on like a media fast as far as a like, media fast. Yeah, like let's maybe like music or something like that. Maybe some food here and there. Let's do a Daniel fast. Let's let's maybe let's turn these points. <laughs> let's, let's get these points. These one. These, these turnovers one, in the points. Yes. Let's let's get them in there, man. Let's get some extra help. You know, whenever dude, whenever the Israelites <laughs> went to war, bro, that's what they did. They used to fast. Yeah. So, you know, the extra little help. I'll say this to close up. I, I've seen a bunch of people say, man, I wish this team could just finish or close games. And my answer to that is, did they not finish against Arizona? Did they not finish the game against Toledo? Did they not finish in double overtime against Mississippi State? Okay, I, and so I, you, we want it all. That's by nature. We want it all as fans. We want to win every game. And so you have to step back and look at this and say, okay, they have been good on these final drives. And even in games that they've lost, they've had opportunities they had to make a drive, like you said, Jeremy, at Utah to give themselves a chance to win by two. And they had to make a drive last night to even get in field goal range, and they did it. It's amazing what they're, what they're doing late in games. And so, yeah, hurts to lose, frustrated to be 4-4. Four and four. Mark my words, this team will not lose again. BYU will win the bowl game. They will finish their season 9-4, and four, and they will be ranked in the top 25 for the first time since 2011 because oh, they have earned – Respect. Ooh. You think you think they'll be ranked after the bowl game in the final poll? Nine and four, nine and four. They will be ranked because people know that this BYU team can play. Four Whoa. points by eight. Spencer, hey, 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 nine and four, this team will be ranked to end the season. Mark it down, bro. Spencer, that's your that's your first real bowl prediction. Spencer's year, going for three. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, that's good stuff, man. Hey. Hey, thanks. Uh, hang tight. We are going to check back in with you in a couple of minutes uh, with our going for two picks. So you got to hang, hang out. Go ahead and eat you some uh, good mashed potatoes this morning, and then uh, we'll check back <laughs> in with you in a few minutes. All right, sounds good. That's Spencer Linton on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Okay, so Spencer Linton thinks BYU will rebound from this and win the next five. I happen to agree with him. Yeah. I would agree as well. Yeah. Um, being ranked, man, that's a little tough. Getting ranked is the part where I'm like, oh. That's just because it's, that's out of your control, really. Right. You know Nine and mean? four, you're on the cusp. Yeah. And, and, less, and less because, you know, we barely kind of talked, out. We kind of talked about this as well, which is, you know, peaking at the right time and what have you done for me lately. So if they could just go in and just manhandle and smack all so these teams. They would have won, yeah, what, eight of nine? Yeah. Yeah. They would have gone yeah. uh, one and three and then one eight of nine, yeah. right? Yeah. To go ten and three, 
Playoffs, baby. Sorry, to go nine and four. Playoffs, baby. Ten and three was oh, yeah. mm-hmm. dead last night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, our right. Twitter question, <laughs> what's your biggest takeaway from last night's game? At Why is Jake? I actually really like the kick on second down, assuming it swings wide, they get another chance. Yep. Well, if no. the kick no, had passed the line of scrimmage, then no. If that no ball chance. goes past the line of scrimmage, it's over. But if something weird happens like it did, then they get that chance. There you go. Yeah, we like to get weird. Coming up, loaded Cougar Whip round, and we talk about our going for two picks, or in the case of Spencer, going for three. But first, it's time. To, is it time to consider a switch? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Today at 2 p.m. Eastern, join Jerem and myself for a Facebook Live Q&A. We will answer your questions from last night's Boise State game. And if you have any questions about the best flavors of Gushers, mm. gummy worms, Fruit by the Foots, all that good stuff. I can answer that as well. Join us at 2 p.m. Eastern on BYU Sports Nation Facebook page. Yeah, come hang out. Should be fun. Mm-hmm. Let's get to uh, the BYU Sports Nation headlines. This buddy buddy joins me here up on the mic. Buddy. I, ju- I, just, I just want him to be close now so that he understands <laughs> what's going down at the end here. Okay? BYU lose to 14th ranked Boise State last night at Albertson Stadium, 28-27. Red Almond's 44-yard field goal attempt was blocked, and BYU's Hail Mary attempt was incomplete. Cougars did force five turnovers and had two pick sixes in our opening block in honor of the five takeaways we gave our five takeaways on the game. CBS Sports lists lists BYU as the second most exciting team in college football this year. Mm. Six of the eight games have been been decided by less than three points, and uh, Tennessee is ranked number one. Yeah, they've been in the top ten a lot and had a bunch of uh, really close games, so that's been, quote, fun. Uh, 16th-ranked women's volleyball swept Pepperdine in Provo last night. Lindy Haddock had another double-double, 11 digs, 34 assists. BYU continues WCC play tomorrow, 3 Eastern, against LMU on BYU TV. 6th-ranked women's soccer plays tonight versus San Diego at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio. Ashley Hatch will not play as she travels with the U.S. national team to take on Switzerland Sunday at 1.45 Eastern. Here's the hashtag BYUSN weigh in on our Twitter question. What's your biggest takeaway from last night's game? Let's go to the Twitter machine. At Austin Healy 11, I love Taysom Hill, and I'm glad he's leading us this team. Hashtag love for ya. (laughs) I would like to see at Tanner Mangum get some series in. Now, this brings up the question I Mm. brought up going to break. Is it time to consider a switch? How much better would BYU have been in that game if Tanner Mangum had been in? Brian Logan. Um, I don't think much better at all. Um, I think... You know, maybe, maybe, maybe um, a couple of passes uh, that are a little bit more on point, a little bit more, you know, accurate. But other than that, um, I think the offense still goes through the same struggles. And when you look at receivers dropping balls, I don't care if you have Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, LeBron James, LeBron James, Jerem Jordan. It doesn't matter. I mean, receivers are going to drop the same type of ball. So, so. You know, having the quarterback change isn't is is really irrelevant. Then you add, you know, some of the penalties, uh, you know, offensive holdings, and the offense just doesn't click. It doesn't get in a rhythm, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's hard for any quarterback uh, to to find a rhythm, uh, a spark, whatever the case is. You know, when you have those penalties and when you have drop balls. So no, I don't I don't think so, man. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, a lot of fans have asked that question. There you get Brian Logan's opinion on that. At Cougars, uh, Cougs underscore R. Still a lot of improvements to be made everywhere, but we kept up with the 14th-ranked team on the road without Jamal. That's a great point. If BYU was 5-3 and three or 6-2, and two, maybe a little easier to swallow. I think because BYU stopped counting moral victories, yeah. uh, especially with maybe the first loss by one um, and then another loss by three and so on and so forth, that... that uh, BYU fans are kind of tired of losing by a close game. Yeah, like Spencer said, hard. hey, fans want BYU to finish every game. Here's what I want. I don't want BYU to finish every game and win. I want them to win the game before the final drive. Yeah. I want the game. I want BYU when they're up four in this game to go or three or what? Four, it was four. Yeah. To go down and get a touchdown get and go yeah, up by score. 11 and mm. put the real pressure on Boise State. And not just who scored points. seven points in the second half. Yep. They go, four, they go up 14 nothing. It look they're about to go up 21 nothing. It looks like a blowout. They force a field goal. They block that field goal. Mm-hmm. Kainakua is tripped up. That dude should have ran that back, man. Yeah, Come yeah. on. Lift your knees up, boy. <laughs> Get the knees up, son. BYU is in a position <laughs> despite being down 14 nothing and almost 17 or 21 nothing. You know, just, just come just, back in that game and unfortunately they did not. This reminds me of, you know, with 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 Jamal and a lot of uh, midseason, you know, hype and, and recognition, which very well deserved, um, and even some Heisman talk. You know, when you look at the Heisman, uh, it's unfortunate because it's usually the best player on the best team. That's usually how the Heisman vote and how it wins out, which really what should happen is the Heisman should be such a game changer that you literally lose games without that person, without that player. And with MVP Jam- in the it, NBA it, it, is what they call it, right? Right, yep. Mm-hmm. NFL yep. MVP as well. Yep, exactly. Most and, valuable player. Most and that's, valuable. We can debate that all day. And, and, and that's the thing with, with Jamal, and, you, and we said it earlier, you know, all the games that were, were, were close and, and, and that BYU lost, Jamal Three did, of the four losses. Jamal did not have an impact. And, I mean, I'm not trying to sit here and say, yeah, that's why he should be the Heisman. I'm just p- trying to put it into He's perspective. Not, he is not in the Heisman conversation to me. But in the Doak Walker yeah. conversation, yeah, yes. And this was a national stage against a nationally ranked team uh-huh. on the road. This, this could have been Jamal's shining the moment. moment. The moment. He did, Toledo at home is one thing. Mm. Boise State on the road is another. Yeah. But, so but, so but, that's, that's a bummer he couldn't play. But it, but it also brings me back to because of how valuable he is and you remove him from you know, certain games or situations and you lose – that kind of brings the entire team back down to earth, which is, you know, how good are we, Willie? And I think that without him, I, without him yeah. Right. Last week, Jamal Williams played in that game healthy, mm-hmm. and it was 14-14 with the 2-3 and three team. Granted, yeah. from the SEC, yeah. and yeah. still went to OT. Well, that's, that's the point, because there's a lot of arguments as well the last few years where, um, like, like Alabama, as an example, the number one ranked team, and then their, their star running back or quarterback gets hurt. And then they lose maybe one or two games, and everybody goes, "Oh well, if if their quarterback this, wasn't hurt, they would have they would have won." And this it's like, no, with Houston last year, Greg Ward Jr. did not start against UConn. That was the one game they lost. And it's like, and it's like, well, see, that's why they shouldn't be ranked the number one team because you it's are a team. who you are with the guys you have. Yeah, right, ex- exactly. Well, well, it's it's a team. Injured so, or not? So, so if one guy falls off, you know, if he's hurt, if he doesn't play, if he doesn't play for whatever reason, and you guys lose. I mean, it's it, 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 you don't you can't say that as an excuse to to you know stay ranked in the top five or whatever the case is. I mean, I, to me, that speaks more value and, and credit to that player. But a good team, 
the next guy just steps up. Right? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Georgia a few years ago, and I'm trying to think of the running back for the Rams. What's his name? Oh, like, um, yeah, uh, he, yeah. He, he, he got hurt. I his name. Todd Gurley got hurt. Yep. You know who stepped up behind him? Nick Chubb. He had like 1,500 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. You just have another guy behind him. I thought Squally Canada's game was good. Yeah. I thought Squally did a good job in his first solid. 21 carries, 88 yards, 4.2 yards carry. What, do you want, what more do you want from Squally Canada off the bench? Uh, I mean, two, like maybe that, two. That is good. Two to three more, yard, two to three more uh, uh, rushes uh, for maybe 21 25 carries or 40 for, plus. That's, there, there that's, what, that's, three, that's what I would have wanted more. Yeah. There have been three games where, where uh, Jamal Williams didn't get 20 carries. Yeah. This year. Squally got 21 in that game. Mm-hmm. Keep using the hashtag BYUSN. At Twiggerstone. Offense has some work to do. Cannot score only three points on two turnovers inside the opposition 30. I agree with this. BYU's field position was amazing. They had multiple amazing. chances where they're at the 30-ish yard line, and they don't really cash in. Sacks, holding, chop yeah, blocks. BYU's tacking on field goals there. That's straight up. Okay, given the fact that BYU's had six games decided by three or less, seven by a touchdown or less, field goals and field position mean everything. Mm. Having a kicker that can get you into the high 40s, low 50s, what kind of difference would that make for BYU? The injury to Jake Oldroyd and the effect on this season. Oh, my goodness. Because Mm. he was money at Utah, made two mid-40 kicks, okay? This is a 44-yarder. Granted, Boise State just blows it up. They make a play. The conversation is so different if, one, BYU is a little more effective with the ball on offense, but, two, even if they aren't, to be able to get some field goals in these close games, oh, my goodness, it would make a huge difference. The sad part is, Jerem, is that those are just straight-up execution plays, just bonehead plays, holding um, you know, false starts, whatever, penalties. I mean, it's, it's not really Unforced the talent, right? Unforced errors are the worst kind of Man, errors, Brian. And I know it, dude. When, when, okay, if you and I line up and you're just better than me, I can take that. Oh, yeah. It's frustrating. I'm going to sleep But easy. if we line up and, I, and I'm equal or better and I don't make a play then and un- I make an unforced I'm error, taking some night I'm extremely frustrated. Because I can't sleep. Use the hashtag BYUSN weigh in. Coming up, some picks are good, others aren't. How Brian Spencer and I did in our going for two picks. It was better than the 4th and 19, I'll tell you that. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm Jerem Jordan. He's Brian Logan. We're live in Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation Live, no worries. Catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. Tomorrow night on Brigham Young Television, the 16th-ranked BYU women's volleyball team will host LMU at 9 p.m. P.M. Eastern Time. Correction on that, sorry. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Oh, 3 p.m. Yep, yep, sorry about that. Yep. Uh, sorry. Jer- tw- Jerem wrote that, by the way. So Probably. Mm-hmm. Our Twitter question, <laughs> what's your biggest takeaway from last night's game? Use the hashtag BYUSN, at SA underscore BYU fan. A bye week is needed and deserved. Looking forward to seeing a refreshed team in Cincy in two weeks. I hope that BYU is fresh as I don't well. know if I... I mean, for the injury's sake, yes, I want a bye week. It's just for Jamal, It's a bad time I, for a bye yeah, week. Yeah, I don't know if I want a bye week. Bro. Injury's great, but yeah, competitively, a yeah, terrible no. time yes. uh, for a bye week. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Hey, every week uh, we make a couple of predictions. We call it going for two. Can you predict the future? Nope. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. That's right. Going for two is brought to you by BYU Dining Services. We now bring back Spencer Linton on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Spencer, how are you doing again? 
I'm fantastic. Since 10 minutes ago, I feel great. You just, you just beeped the phone like Blaine Fowler. Yeah, you beeped. That's, beeped two, that's two beeped? today. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah, this is your second your one. Ear, your ear bumped the number three. Yeah. How do you how do you beep on a cell phone? That's you don't, what I want to know. You don't pay your phone bill on time. I don't know. You tell us. You did it twice. <laughs> uh, Uncle B is wearing off on me, man. <laughs> All righty. Do you remember you're going for two picks? I do remember my going for two okay, picks. Okay, go ahead. What were they, and uh, did you get them right or wrong? Let's go. Number one, I said BYU would have two explosive plays of 40-plus yards in the pass game. And what do you know they did? They intercepted two passes no! and returned no! both of them over 40 yards. Wrong. Whatever. Hey, yeah, you should have just said 40-plus yard plays, period. That, yeah, that would have been good. And that, that would have worked, but yeah, so that one's wrong. Okay. The okay, long was 33, number, by the way. Number two was I said BYU would be plus two in turnover margin, and they crushed that, plus five, so I got that one right. Woo! Nice. nice. That's good. Okay, I said the game would be decided by eight-plus points. Nope. Yeah. Uh, hey, why are all the games decided by seven or less? <laughs> what kind of season is this? Ooh, an exciting one. Uh, <laughs> Three or less than six of eight? This is baloney! It's a number two season ranked by And CBS her hair Sports. smells like cinnamon! <laughs> <laughs> the game like, was decided by one to, plus. Happened to like one point mm-hmm. rather than one plus. Uh, BYU, two or more interceptions. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Pick sixes. Wow. Okay, so uh, Spencer Linton, by the way, now 7-9 and nine on the season. Mm-hmm. I am 6-10. and ten. So Spencer maintains his one-game advantage. Brian Logan is in the mix as well. Brian, mm-hmm. what were your picks? Um, yeah, I said BYU will have a pick. Six. <laughs> they had two. That's actually, a good one. I should get like two points for that, right? That's a good. Like, no, that's not a double, how the game it's works. A double, it's a double or nothing. Don't come in here thing. and dictate rules. It's a double. It's Just be glad to participate. Okay. All right. Uh, number two, <laughs> uh, Spencer will go over two on his picks. <laughs> mm-hmm. How dare you, Brian? <laughs> I took a gamble with that one, man. I was so confident, Spencer. I'm not going to lie, man. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I had to put our friendship aside, you know, and and uh, I had to go for it, man. It was something. Well, that... I hope it was worth it because you were wrong, and now our friendship is over. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's only over for the next like three minutes while you're on this segment, That's and we'll be friends again. That's true. It was an it was an elite pick but it didn't pan out yeah that's a, that's that's what happens up here the word elite is said and then it doesn't necessarily work out spencer congratulations one for one i went one for one brian one for one let's do this again in two weeks shall we okay yes i'm looking forward to it yeah should be a lot of fun spencer have a great flight home are you at the airport right now is that what it takes that i am my friend that okay. i am awesome you can catch uh, spencer on the women's volleyball match tomorrow three eastern spencer we'll see you tomorrow on BYU tv man all right sounds good thanks guys thanks that's Bye. spencer linton on the desert first credit union hotline desert first your values your timeline your financial future I had to get two on Spencer or be plus one to tie him or take the lead. Yeah. I'm man. lagging behind, man. I've only tied with him one week this year after week one. What do you, what, I can help you out, dude. Just shoot okay. me some texts yeah. or something. You know, you know, I got you on this. I know you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I know you back. do. I got your back, man. It's team desk without Spencer. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> What's your biggest takeaway from last night's game? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Durbin Wilson. Offense really, really needs Jamal Williams. Squally ran well, but wasn't ready for the workload. I thought he was ready for the workload. 4.2 carry, yards he, per carry he, was pretty good. He definitely is ready for the, the workload. I mean, that, that proves it. I, I th- you know, if, if, if Reno Mai, the running back coach, if he can sit with, with Squally this week um, and even next week and say, look, and probably just even like one-on-ones, 
um, in, in, the, in the film room and say, look, you get to the next level so easily, just like Jamal, and, you know, you read your keys, you, you read the holes, you find the right gaps, you hit it hard, you run hard, you run physical. But when you get to this next level, as you fill the opening space, if you make this move, if you make that move, you give it a little wiggle, you know, a little bit of shimmy, a little bit of shine, whatever the case is, and you make that one more guy miss, you have the ability to go 20-plus or 40-plus yards. And that's exactly, you know, what Jamal does. But that's just the next level, right? Yeah. So that he's was definitely his ready. college game, by the yeah, way. Yeah, right. That's exactly the point right Ninth there, Jeremy. with it's, Vegas. He had one carry. Yeah. And, and, and the good thing and exciting thing, fun thing really was, you know, uh, Squally was able to get, you know, this type of experience while Jamal was still the featured back. And it's just unfortunate that Jamal wasn't the featured back in this game, and, and Squally really just isn't ready to, to take on a feature back type of moment. And, and he will be when it's LSU, Wisconsin, and Utah next year, and he's the starting running back. So th- this Bro, was... he, may, he may be ready in, in the, maybe the next uh, three games. Yeah, you never know. Because this experience right here, get actual game reps, oh, now I know what it feels like to get to the second level. Because in practice, nobody's touching you and anyway, right? And that's a good defense. That's yeah. a ranked team that's yeah. on the road. That's a tough environment. That's a short week. I'm, I'm trying to think of a harder situation for Squally Canada to debut as the feature back. You know what I'm saying? Yep. At G Hansen 25, this team never quits and has fight in it even when one of their best players is out and injured and the D is good. How about that? BYU hung with 14th yeah. ranked uh, Boise State on the road. No Jamal. It stinks that BYU lost that game, but these guys... Uh, these guys try hard, as Bronco would say. Unfortunately, Bronco didn't get them the win, and that's the bummer, right? Hey, coming up, did Ashley Hatch make the U.S. roster for Game 2? And where does CBS Sports put BYU on its list of most exciting teams in college football? BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU loses to 14th-ranked Boise State last night at Albertson Stadium. 28-27, Red Almond's 44-yard field goal attempt was blocked, and BYU's Hail Mary attempt was incomplete. The Cougar defense forced five turnovers and had two pick-sixes, but it didn't matter. Get out of my face, buddy, buddy. CBS Sports list, BYU is the second most exciting team in college football this year. Six of the eight games have been decided by three points or less. The NCAA record, by the way, is seven. Volleyball. 16th-ranked women's volleyball swept Pepperdine in Provo last night. Lindy Haddock had another double-double with 11 digs and 34 assists. BYU continues WCC play versus LMU tomorrow in the Smithfield House at 3 Eastern on BYU TV. Soccer. 6th-ranked women's soccer plays tonight against San Diego, 10 Eastern on BYU Radio. Ashley Hatch will not play. She travels with the U.S. national team to take on Switzerland Sunday at 145 Eastern. Basketball. Both the men's and women's basketball scrimmage tonight at Boom Shakalaka 9 Eastern. The men's team will divide into three teams and play a tournament. The women's team will divide into two squads and scrimmage. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Players tied for eighth at eight under. Mm-hmm. Daniel Summerhays, look out for that crow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, was, tied, was tied for 24th at five under after the first round of the 2016 CIMB Classic in Malaysia. <laughs> the tournament... Does not have any turkeys, but will continue <laughs> through Sunday. Brian? Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate that. Swimming and diving. Both men and women travel today to Phoenix to compete against Arizona State tomorrow at 1 Eastern. Softball. In the exhibition season in the fall, the Cougars have a doubleheader against UNLV tomorrow in Vegas, 2 Eastern and 4 Eastern. Cougars in the NFL. Daniel Swarnton and the Chiefs take on the Saints. Kyle Van Noy, Ziggy, and the Detroit Lions 
compete against the Redskins. DeAndre, Wesley, Dennis Pitta, and the rest of the Ravens take on the Jets. All games happening Sunday after church. Cougars overseas. And Tyler Haas plays tomorrow in Poland. And Chase Fisher plays Sunday in Italy. Today's Rise Shouts brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. How about Fred Warner and Diane Lake's pick sixes? Yeah. Awesome, right? Yes. When you can. Yes. When the, yes. When the yes. offense can't score, you got to score. Yes. <laughs> Our Twitter <laughs> question What's your biggest takeaway from last night's game at Spuddy Buddy 16? My biggest takeaway is that Jerem Jordan will take me out today. That's right. Let's do it in style. Hashtag stop Jerem. Hashtag stop Spuddy Buddy. Jerem right now is uh, making the prediction come true, grabbing the shovel. Uh, has Spuddy Buddy on right now. Let us exercise and, Spuddy Buddy and, from the set. Yes. Ready? Okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. Three, two, one. Five. Spuddy Buddy is gone. R.I.P. to uh, Spuddy Buddy. He is no more a part of the BYU Sports Nation set. We'll see if we put him back on Monday. Our Maybe. elite tweet of the day at YFangirlJ underscore JB. The biggest takeaways last night were from Fred and Diane. <laughs> Too bad the offense couldn't then take yeah. it away. Ooh. Use the hashtag BYUSN and saw, keep weighing I in. I saw what she did there. I think. That's a, it's a tough one to swallow. Mm-hmm. That one. BYU now has a bye week. Uh, they'll be limited if, uh, to no media availability next week as they give the guys a break. Uh, and basketball kind of turns up. Cougar tip-off next Wednesday. Men's hoops exhibition next Saturday as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, guys, it's, it's a good time to, you know, heal and rest all the bumps and bruises. And emotionally. Psh, emotionally is going to be the hard part because you usually don't recover until the next game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's they got to f- figure out a way. You know, play a lot of Monopoly or something. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey, thanks to Spencer Linton and everyone on the crew. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Keep the conversation going. The show's on demand on BYUSN.com, audio podcast on iTunes, and the TuneIn app for Brian. I'm Jerem. Shout out to Hans Olsen. Good interview last night on the uh, pregame show. He almost made me cry, man. I know. He was emotional. Yeah, he was. BYU Sports Nation's back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. Spuddy Buddy, stop ruining our lives and eating all of our steak. (laughs) 